It's another Sunday night in comedy, and JFL season is at a fever pitch as we gear up for the comedy event of the summer on the mean streets of Montreal. We have a comedy trio selling their next new project to the bigwigs at the festival, one of our favorite headliners, and an OG festival veteran returning for his 14th year. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Why is it always the mean streets of Montreal? I mean, it's, it's, it's not Compton. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto and of course streaming coast to coast, Canada wide, planet Earth wide, everywhere where there is Tay Internets on Global News Online. Brought to you as always by our wonderful friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot festival lineups more clearly. How about that? Because it is full swing just for laugh season all month long right here on Inside Jokes. We are talking the full return of the world's biggest comedy festival taking over Montreal. We have some of the top headliners from across Canada, the U.S., network shows being pitched, podcast tapings, galas. The whole thing is back full steam. We got our producer Vince Tedesco on the line. How are you doing this week, buddy? We're doing well. We're doing well. Gearing up for Montreal. It's nice to, I mean, you know, JFL has always, of course, been a huge part of uh, summer for us on Inside Jokes. But of course, the last couple of years, it was like, all right, it's back, but it's kind of digital and all that. It's really fun to be able to have the whole thing sort of take over this show for the full month again and bring all these headliners in, bring all this talent, bring in all these live shows and really just see the whole thing take over the city of Montreal again. Just like the good old days, pre-pandy, my friend. Just like to go. For those listening, I mean, the festival is underway. They started off with a couple episodes, uh, a couple shows uh, just for the culture. It's kicked off. Well, I will be heading there next week. Uh, it should be a great way to kind of cap off the summer. But yeah, it's essentially our ode to comedy and comedy festivals. And, and it, is the, it is the full thing. It is headliners, yeah. galas. They're doing the panels. They're doing the keynote speeches. They're doing live tapings. It's the whole shebang tonight's lineup on inside jokes is no different we have one of our favorite headliners returning to the show the one and only maria bamford uh a little later on in the show our producer vince sits down with alonzo bowden no stranger to jfl crowds this is actually his 14th year at the festival he's definitely a mainstay there mainstay there and of course we have projects being pitched at jfl we have a new animated comedy series being pitched in front of network bigwigs hoping that it gets picked up. That's what the fest is all about. It's comedy, it's entertainment, and it's industry. The who's who all flocks into Montreal. It's all right here tonight. Full lineup on Inside Jokes. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat and a six-point ball. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming coast-to-coast on Global News Radio. It is JFL time. We are talking all things just for laughs tonight on the show. And it's not just about the headliners. It's not just about stand-up. It's not just about the galas. It's also about industry. There's people from across Canadian showbiz flocking to Montreal, pitching new shows, trying to get projects picked up. The whole who's who in the biz is there. We got just one of those projects right here on the show right now. We have Matt Kelly. Kyle Radke and Anish Bala posted pitching a new show called Bala that is I'll let you guys fill us in it's it's an animated comedy series that you're pitching here and it's basically about the first South Asian basketball NBA star that's what your animated show is all about basically in a nutshell right it's about the dream of you know making the NBA uh, this is the late 90s 
when there wasn't like an infrastructure, there wasn't Canadians in the NBA. So, and there wasn't any professional Indian athletes. So, you know, for me to try to like really strive for, for being to do something different. But the other aspect to the show is that I had to hide almost everything about my passions from my parents who just wanted me to study. So, you know, I was an underdog on the court and I come home and I was an underdog there as well, you know, trying to just fit in. It kind of feels timely right now too, because a lot of what's going on in comedy finally right now in this moment, when you look at a lot of the network series that have been picked up, you know, sketch shows like tall boys, a lot of the new sitcom stuff, a lot of the things happening on CBC gem, it's very representative of what Canadian comedy actually looks like. Because I mean, for a country that always touts ourselves as being such a diverse sort of melting pot, we always like to talk about that. And yet it's kind of never been reflected in our comedy. It's never been shown on network TV. It's never been representative of who we're seeing on festivals, who we're seeing in galas. And we're kind of seeing this sort of cultural shift in Canadian comedy right now. That is a proper cross section of what this country actually is and who the talent is out there. So it feels like this is kind of this project comes along at sort of a perfect time, really. Yeah, we certainly yeah. hope so. Kyle and I have been to the festival a few times pitching shows. We've been lucky enough to get in. And I think Kyle, when I first mentioned the idea behind the show, he was totally into it because he's like, yeah, this is the time to pitch this show. Yeah, it's not just Canada either. I mean, uh, Matt and I are, whenever we're doing anything writing wise, we retreat to his cottage. And uh, that gives us the seclusion to sort of sit and write. And often what we do to get in the mood, especially for comedy, is we'll watch animation. And before Bala came along, before Anish came along and, and had this idea, it never really occurred to me until we started really paying attention. It's like, my God, like every animated character, every animated series is so whitewashed. It's absurd. Yeah. So it's not it's not just Canada. I mean, there, there's really outside of maybe the Cleveland show, there's just no representation. And I mean, there's zero representation for an Indian animated comedy. And so at first, even I was kind of like, I, I don't know, is there anything there? And Anish told, we, we got on the phone together, which is where we met oddly during COVID, but we got on the phone then we got on a Zoom meeting together just to kind of get to know one another. And then through the writing process and everything else, the stories that he's telling, I mean, they're so funny. They're so relatable for everyone. Anyone, it's a huge underdog story. So it's great in Canada because we're all underdogs here sort of always looking up to the Americans. But I mean, in, in terms of the stories that he's telling, I probably never laughed so genuinely. Like I'm always, you know, when we hear pitches, you're sort of like, haha, that's funny. But my God, these stories were just, they wrote themselves. So for me, it was obvious right away. It was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's start writing. And to sort of pump Anish's tires really quick here. Like I've been in the business for 25 years and I've written alongside of a lot of funny people and Anish came along and I was sort of weary. And then we sat down together and his writing is next level, like right out of the gate, which sort of upsets me. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, yes, like we found this amazing storyteller at the same time as somebody with an amazing story. So couldn't be happier. We're fired up to go into JFL this year. How did that whole collaboration happen, by the way? Because obviously, Kyle and Matt, you have partnered up on projects before. But Anish, how did you sort of come into this whole thing and present this story to them? Because, I mean, there's so much culturally to sort of unpack there and to, to expose to an audience that hasn't seen anything like this before. And especially in that format, in a comedy cartoon series. I mean, this is nobody's really done this before. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it started with our daughters. Uh, our daughters are the same age and they were in daycare together and became best friends around one years old. 
and we would start going on play dates. And I remember the first few times meeting Matt, he wouldn't say anything. I'm like, who is this guy? What's wrong with him? And I'm like, I didn't like him at first, to be honest. I'm like, he's so bad. <laughs> we went to the science center. He like stood there like a curmudgeon the whole time. And then about like two weeks later, we were at the park and I asked him finally, after like three months of knowing him, I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I'm a comedian. I'm like, there is no way in hell you're a comedian. You're like the least funny person I've ever met. But you know what? Just we, we built a bond uh, for me kind of busting his balls a bit on uh, being a comedian. And I would just tell him stories as we would hang at splash pads and like parks with our kids. And uh, they would just come out like really naturally. And this whole thing was very organic the way, you know, the stories came out. And then all of a sudden they want to, you know, partner up. And even my conversations with Kyle have been like very natural and organic. And so I've just been super excited uh, just at the way everything's kind of fallen in place. How, I mean, how essential is it too? I mean, obviously the last month, all we've been talking sort of touting on this show is the return of this festival because it is such a calendar event in the comedy world it's such a huge part of the comedy industry and the comedy culture here in Canada is it still sort of the schmooze fest do you think in the necessary industry gathering that it used to be because it's always been this funny thing where Canadians go to a Canadian city and a Canadian festival to be able to pitch to American execs that's basically what happens I mean you look at even pre pre pandy the last few years leading up to that a lot of comics were getting their stuff greenlit by like Kevin Hart is a huge example. Kevin Hart would just go to Montreal and go, you're funny, you're funny, you're funny. And he'd put Canadian standups on TV. And we're like, it took this American comic coming here to actually greenlight our stuff. We've never kind of done that for ourselves. So is it still a huge opportunity to go and actually have that FaceTime with American networks, basically? Yeah, the first uh, time that Kyle and I went together as partners, we sold a show to an American um, the day we got there. And that was so unusual to us because, you know, you guys know you've been in this country a long time. It's so hard to even start the conversation, but they're very aggressive. And I'm not just saying it because they've been kind to us. It's the best festival I've ever been to, Comedy Pro. It's worth the money. Uh, if you're out there, you're a young creator and you're trying to get started in the business. If you've got the money to go, I'd say go just because uh, you really want to soak it all in. You do have a chance to meet people, take meetings with them. And it's also a ton of fun, right? Like, so you bust your butt all day, taking meetings, learning about the industry. And then at night you go see the nasty show or you go see a gala, or maybe you go to one of the midnight shows. Uh, Vince, if you're there, I want to hopefully hang out with you. We'll go see a show together. Uh, they also showcase Canadians at like a new faces show. And so yeah. you can kind of see who the new talent is. Anyways, Kyle and I have now been a few times. We've had a lot of luck there. A lot of that is because there are American executives and it's easier to deal with them. It's a volume business for them. They want to purchase content. They need to find new talent. But uh, man, yeah, it's just a great experience to learn. And if you're a young person out there trying to get into comedy, I'd fully recommend you go. For anybody <laughs> listening right now, I, I just want to kind of describe the setting that Matt is saying. And yes, Matt, we'll, we will grab a drink. We will get there. But if anybody has ever watched the movie Jerry Maguire and Jerry Maguire takes Cuba Gooding Jr. around the draft room floor, introducing him to people, that is the bar cocktail area at the Hyatt. Every 100%. Just for laughs. Yeah. It's a great analogy. Pitching yeah. themselves to everybody else. It's a schmooze fest, but it's a fun fest. And when you put alcohol and comedians in the same room, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Well, and it is, it is yeah. the funny thing that, and, you know, obviously audiences going and watching the shows at the fest don't get to sort of see this side of the magic, but no. backstage, yeah, in places like the Hyatt Bar and in the green rooms and all that stuff. For the, for the period that this festival takes place, there's this sort of special thing that happens where comics from across the industry and people all across the entertainment world are sort of on one level in a way. 
you, you know, you're just, we all work in the same thing, even though this person's a world famous headliner, this person's maybe an upcoming Canadian comic. There's this sort of parody that happens where everybody's just really happy to sort of congregate on this festival together and just enjoy it and share and watching each other's sets and checking out new shows and meeting each other and schmoozing. It really is, you know, the analogy that we sort of beat to death on this show and that all of our guests always say, but it really is summer camp for comedy. That's basically what it is behind the scenes. And to more to that point, it's, it's really about the, the artists getting together with the industry in an environment where it's not, you're not trapping them in an elevator. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not there sort of unsolicited it's accepted. It's like, Hey, let's grab a coffee really quick. I got 20 minutes. Tell me your ideas. And it's just a, a wide acceptance of idea sharing. It's an idea factory there mixed with an enormous amount of alcohol, which is great. <laughs> it kind of is, you know, in Canada, we always call it Hollywood North and, you know, we have productions that shoot here and we have, you know, Toronto and Vancouver are always hubs for TV and film and stuff like that. And we, we are a country that mass produces comedy but just for laughs in Montreal is kind of the one time of the year where it actually does feel like Hollywood has descended upon Canada. It really has that feeling of everybody here is in the business. Everybody here is talking to each other, workshopping ideas, watching each other's shows, pitching new stuff. It's the one time of year where we really do feel like, okay, we are part of the entertainment industry in a big way. And it's, it's sort of a special thing to not just go there and watch the shows, but to see that flip side of it and be part of that behind the scenes as well. One thing though, one thing I am curious about, because I mean, Matt, last time we talked to you, you were, you working on this comedy documentary, the mayor of comedy that sort of blew up across Canada. It was very topical for what was going on in the industry at the time for this show. You're working on an animated series how much does that just completely hinge on the writing? It's such a locked in thing. It's animated. So there is no really improv and changing it on the fly. It's, it is what it is and it's locked in and it's airtight. Look, man, we got in because of the script. So we're confident because of the writing. Uh, I think if our writing wasn't strong, we're not in the festival this year. And you know what? We're going in there because there's so much solid Canadian talent, Dean. Like you said, in, in the documentary, we talk about how much great talent is, is there. We want to meet these people. We want to hire them. We want the show to go forward so we can hire comics who are busting their butt here in Canada, get them on HBO, get them in a writing room, and help tell Anish's story. That's what we're trying to do. There we go. Listen to that. That was a festival pitch right there. All right, Kyle, Matt, and Anish, thank you all so much. I really thank hope you. this thing gets picked up. It's a fantastic concept. We will talk to you soon, and more importantly, we will see you in Montreal. Thank you all so much. See you guys there. Thank you. Hey, this is Lorena Pages, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. And honestly, I love it, and thank you for having me in it. (laughs) I am no good for you. I'm seeing ghosts in everything I do. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and of course streaming everywhere on planet Earth where there's the internet on Global News Online. Brought to you as always by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. And we're of course talking all things just for laugh. The world's biggest comedy fest returns this summer to Montreal. We have some of the top headliners from all across the map. Network pitches, live recording, galas, the whole thing is back. Right now on the line, uh, this comic we haven't talked to actually in a couple of seasons. We'll pre-pandy before all the things happened. Um, checking in again on Montreal on her return to Just for Laughs this year, the one and only Maria Bamford. How are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me on the shoe. We, <laughs> we love it, though, because we haven't talked to you. I, I want to say it was probably three seasons ago, maybe even four seasons ago. And at the time, you were sort of doing some new material. You were doing a gala at JFL. 
returning to this fest this year for our listeners and for your fan base, what sort of something, what can people expect to see from Maria Bamford this year in Montreal? And you're actually, you're doing the double header. You're doing Montreal and then coming here to Toronto in the fall for our version of it, JFL 42, which both festivals that you are a regular performer at that audiences know and love seeing you there. So what's, what, what can people expect from you this year with the full return? Well, you can always, uh, always YouTube your comedy before you go see it. So, uh, but, um, uh, you can always expect uh, some stuff about uh, mental health, uh, suicidal ideation, uh, the death of my mother, all the hot topics, um, uh, <laughs> uh, cults. I like to address cults. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I it's a, it's a, a melange of uh, of of my opinions in with different voices as as per usual. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, that's one thing that we've always loved about your comedy is, you know, and for all your fans and our listeners who are very familiar with your material, when you're on stage, I mean, every comic is sort of a dialed up version of themselves. You're sort of a persona as soon as you step on that stage. You always feel like you're sort of playing this heightened version of yourself. You're almost playing a character. And yet you do address these very deeply personal things. You talk about mental health. You talk about loss. You talk about relationships. You really dig deep into your own life, but you sort of do it in a way where you find the absurdity in all of this stuff and you make it kind of relatable and you pull the funny out of some kind of treading some dark waters sometime in your material, really. Well, I'm, I'm, you, you say that was said beautifully and um, I need to, I should have uh, written that all down because that uh, would be good for my promo, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I like uh, talking about things that are important to me, or uh, I feel like that's my one one uh, y- useful thing <laughs> in life. You know, like the do you read that tree that uh, book as a kid, The Giving Tree, uh, where all there is is a stump at the end of the story. Um, I'm the stump, and uh, <laughs> what I have left to give is is uh, my uh, yeah terrible experiences and um, and poor attitude. And if I can help someone feel better about themselves, because, oh, my God, I'm doing better than she is, uh, then that's what I'm here for. Uh. <laughs> it feels hugely relatable right now, too, because, you know, this festival, we're sort of it's the 40th anniversary of Just for Laps. We are celebrating the fact that a festival of this size and scope is able to finally fully return in its proper form after the last couple of years. But so much of what you tackle on stage feels hugely relatable right now because, the last couple of years, that's been a huge point of conversation. A lot of people have been dealing with mental health, a lot of people, you know, isolation, all the stuff that was sort of exacerbated for people. And comedy got a lot of people through. A lot of people were stuck at home for two years, streaming comedy, watching comics online, listening to albums. It sort of pulled a lot of people through. So it kind of, your material and specifically feels really topical at the moment. Well, I appreciate that. And I, it, comedy is one of the uh, lowest bar for healthcare that you can get. Uh, that's almost always available. I, because I don't know what it is like in Canada. I, I've heard that there are wait lists, that that's the way it works, that everyone gets care, but you've got to wait for it. Um, so, uh, but so I, I like to get healthcare wherever you can. I called Hertz Rent-A-Car, uh, Pasadena, California, because um, the suicide hotline sometimes has a 45 to 90 minute wait here in the U.S. <laughs> They're peak surge hours. Um, you know, and, and you just never know, you might get to talk to someone. And I think that's the same thing as 
I did get the woman to say, she said all she could do is lease me a car. I told her what was going on. And, uh, but then before hanging up on me, she did say, but I believe every human life has value. So there's that. She. <laughs> there's that, there is that. But uh, yeah, so I think comedy is, is somewhere to go. I think uh, if, if, if you're in a pinch, um, and, uh, and, and need some, uh, oxytocin in your brain. Uh, although, uh, the best medicine is actual, uh, medicine. Uh, let's remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am, I am pro psych meds, uh, if, if you need them. We did really find out that, you know, comedy is, it's, it's, it really, you know, quote unquote, it really is an essential service for a lot of people. It is so much more than a placebo because it sort of lets you find the funny and find the relatability and stuff that could otherwise be, you know, too big or too scary and your material is great on sort of lasering in on that stuff and pulling the humor out of it and just you really sort of lay yourself bare out there on stage that's I think what people love so much about your material is that you just it's completely honest and open it's fun and it's absurd and it's eccentric but it feels so relatable to so many people oh well I'm that I'm glad I'm glad I uh I uh Another thing I once did is I dialed zero and got the operator to tell me in a roundabout way that he loved me. And um, have you ever been so far in debt that someone comes to your front door and knocks? Um, I had the Internal Revenue Ser Service uh, here in the U.S. Uh, tell Agent Lopez that uh, came and said, you are now we are now seizing sixty thousand dollars. And I said, from in here, where is it? And um, and. I, I called the operator. I said, hey, man, would you still love someone if through their own stupidity, like their own sloth and neglect, got themselves in a crippling amount of debt? And he said, and I quote, yeah, I guess. Anyways, yeah. So it's, I, I just feel for anybody who's out there, um, don't feel gaslit when because there's so many memes about like asking for help. And then when you actually ask for it, sometimes you can get super like the response is 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 terrible um so just know you know go through a drive-through of tim hortons somebody may have taken a a class or read an article that might be able to be supportive uh yeah don't don't you don't have to actually go to a hospital sometimes, uh, especially when <laughs> when you can't get an appointment. Um, <laughs> there you go. There's, a, there's always a silver lining to it. I, I wanted to ask you, too. I mean, just for laughs is a festival that, you know, you're a regular fixture at over the years. You always have been JFL 42 here in Toronto. And we talked to a lot of sort of upcoming comics. You know, the first time they get booked to do just for laughs it's a huge moment for them. It's a career maker. You're on stage with all these comics that you came up watching. The entire industry is kind of there. It really is a, a big deal. It's a, it's a career launch pad for so many comics for you. I mean, returning year after year, and especially now that it's back in its full form, what's the sort of magic to that for you? I mean, it's for you at this point in your career, it's just kind of a part of your calendar. These are the festivals you just get invited to come and play. Is there still sort of that magic feeling of like, everybody's here. My friends in comedy are here. Like what, what's sort of the fun thing for you being at the fest when you're not on stage? Oh, well, it's great to be included, you know, and also to see all the wonderful new talent talent. And, and one thing I'm really proud of the festival that finally they started paying, um, paying people to, because uh, they used to have unrep new faces and people had to pay their own 
way at the last minute and you know so now they're actually paying the comics because the people who need to get paid the most are the people who are just starting out um you know so so that that's been a great change and um uh yeah so i i'm always delighted to be, still be a part of it <laughs> you know um man uh you know because i'm deteriorating publicly really and uh so uh, what a what a boon! What a late in life boon to to still be able to come, um, yeah. But uh, it's yes, it's great. And and yeah, you got. I think four years ago, I got to see this comic was just it was one of the best jokes I'd ever heard about this topic. He said he got up on stage his first joke, and he was a new face. He said, uh, "I'm a registered sex offender." Um, but there's nothing worse. The only thing worse than a registered sex offender is an unregistered sex offender. At least you know where I'm at. And I just, that's my favorite thing about the festival and festivals in general is that you get to hear new points of view, you know, things that you've never heard before. Um, and especially now there's just so much more inclusivity and um, yeah, so it's, it, it, that, that's my favorite part of comedy, I think, is just to hear different life experiences that I, I haven't heard. Well, and I think for, for a lot of us at home, a lot of the people who attend this fest and listening to this show, for us, I mean, one of our favorite things about, about Just for Laughs, too, is we get to see comics like yourself. You know, you might have a gala where you're doing sort of your, you know, your new special or your new album, whatever you're doing. But comics, comics at your level will also hop on each other's shows and just sort of riff on some new material. And for people in Montreal, that's a chance to see that happen where we normally don't, because we don't get to see you at your home club. We don't get to see you at the store at Largo or wherever, where you would normally go and do that. So it's sort of bringing that to Montreal and we get to see this stuff that normally we aren't exposed to really. Yeah. And if you come to the hotel bar, oh my gosh, you might have a bunch of comedians want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> planning on it, Maria. I'm planning on it. <laughs> my friend Jackie Cation, fellow comic, says uh, all comedians are just fighting the wind of autism. Um, you'll you'll get <laughs> there. Uh, you'll get a lot of monologuing in your face, uh, which can be a great joy. It takes the stress out of conversation. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm delighted to come, and uh, yeah, my husband's going to be there, and and it's yeah, it's going to be really really fun and. And, and yeah, my favorite thing is to see the new comics. See who's coming I, out. I think that is a huge part of the fun too, is that the whole, the whole city and the whole festival sort of becomes this one big green room where you get to, you see some of your favorite comics on stage, but you also get to see them on panels and hosting galas and workshops and all this stuff. And you kind of get audience members, get a little taste of what actually it looks like backstage, which, which, most festivals you don't kind of really get get an inside look at that uh but we could talk to you all day maria always we could talk to you about jfl all day um but thank you so much for joining us just so glad to thank see this you. festival back and with you on it that's the main thing thank, thank you so much for your time and thank you for uh yeah thinking of me and and yay um uh, uh yes yay team <laughs> <laughs> Maria Bamford, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Hopefully it doesn't take another three years again, but we will see you in Montreal. You're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. I'm at the sock and I don't know why I just did this. Take me on a trip, I'd like to go someday. Take me to New York, I'd love to see LA. I really want to come pick you.
Vince Tedesco taking over the back half of this episode once again and sitting in with me right now. A fan favorite of the show, but more importantly, a fan favorite of the festival that is Just for Laughs. He's an OG. He's celebrating, from what I hear right now, his 14th year at the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. Please welcome to the airwaves, Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo, how are we doing? <laughs> What's up, Vince? You would think after this many festivals, I could speak French, but nah, nothing. Nothing, eh? I mean, that's <laughs> what I kind of love about it because every year they find a way to use you. I mean, you're just, you are, you are the just for life. They screw the stupid green thing that they have as the mascot. <laughs> it should be you. I, um, I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but Huge. in the, okay. So you know what a utility player is. Exactly what a utility player. I'm one of the utility players here at the festival. It's like, oh, we need someone to do a gala. Yeah, Alonzo can do that. We need someone to host new faces. Alonzo got it. We need need a host for just for the culture. Alonzo got it. We're we're missing a spot on the nasty show. Alonzo got it. I'm I'm a utility player, man. I'm all yeah. over this. I'm all over the field. The Swiss <laughs> Army knife of comedy, Alonzo Bowden. How about that? I mean, every year that I've gone and you've been there, as we said, 14 years straight, and you're an OG. Um, like I was saying to you before even starting the interview, they should have a street named after you, Alonzo Boulevard or Golden <laughs> Boulevard. I don't know. I don't know if you French um, it up, but I mean. There's yeah. a few of us who are, are like this and we laugh about it. You know, Robert Kelly's another one, Godfrey. They they just call us at the, at the last minute and they're like, get up here. Uh, we need you to do fill in the blank. And we, we come up and do it. We, it. This is summer camp for comics. You know, we, we all come up here. Uh, every year I have lunch with Jimmy Carr. Every year I, you know, meet up with someone else who I don't see except here. So, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> well, that's where I kind of wanted to kick off the interview with. Being that you are an alum, I, I will use that word, and you're 14 years straight there. What are some of the things you look for in Montreal when you get back up here? Is there a spot that you go to? Is there something you do as a place you visit? Like, my what, what's my favorite you part of the city is old Montreal, right? Just walking the, the streets of old Montreal, get down by the water, it cools off. And it's kind of a break from all the festival action. So I would say that is, is one of my favorite things. The other thing is, it really is all of the different shows and all of the different comics, right? Just like I said, hanging out, seeing people you don't see, bumping into people at random. It just has a whole vibe to it that I enjoy. But yeah, when it comes to the city of Montreal, old Montreal, definitely my favorite uh, favorite place. And uh, no matter how hard they try, no poutine, Vince. Ain't doing it. Did it once. Mm, not my thing. <laughs> okay, here, here, here's something off topic, but is it because are you like a, a crispy guy? You like your fries crispy? Yeah, I, I think this dogs it all out. Partly the the texture of it, but it's just you know what it is, and it's weird because believe me, I'm not healthy by any means. I I double and triple up on my gluten, but there's something heavy about it that is just like mm, this doesn't work. But now that you mention it, yeah, fries are supposed to be crispy. That that's is how I like them. Yeah. Crispy, salty kind of fries. And I know I've tried poutine as well. And it's not that I'm not a fan. Please, Montreal, don't cancel me. But I mean, like, yeah, I like my fries crispy. The gravy kind of sogs it down. It's what, And it sits in your, your belly like a brick. I mean, a lot of food. Yeah, another food. thing, you know, it, it's funny because you think it is when you talk about the Midwest of the United States, you know, Chicago, places like that. 
But vegetables are kind of hard to find in Montreal. Montreal, big meat city. You know, you got, yeah. got smoked meat, you got your poutine, you got excellent steakhouses, this and that. You, I'm looking for a salad. Well, you might want to keep looking. They just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're like one of those foodie types and, and, and that you mentioned old Montreal, I mean, they romanticize you with all like the old cobblestone streets and everything, but it is top-notch restaurants in Montreal. So uh, I'm glad you pointed that out, Matt, because yeah, I mean, poutine is poutine. For those who love it can have it. I'm just more of a, I'm a salts guy over a sweets guy. So yeah, I like my fries. I like my fries crispy. But you mentioned that you are on hosting duty and you're hosting yes. a show that's now, it's been a little bit rebranded. It was the ethnic show. It's now known as Just for the Culture. Yeah, it changed pronouns. We, we're not allowed to ask about that sort of thing, Vince. We just go with it. <laughs> How's it been? I mean, you, you got a jump start. The JFL Festival started the 13th of July, runs till the end of the month. You're there now. I'm talking to you in your hotel room, but how has it been? How have the crowds been? The streets been? The buzz been? Is you know, people are glad to be back. Uh, the shows have been packed. We started a week ago, week and a half ago. And yeah, we've had good crowds. People People are anxious to get a sense of normalcy, I think, right? So, so in Montreal, just for laughs is normalcy. Um, the, the, the city being packed, the festival, all of that, it, it is, the, the response has been great. People are excited. Uh, you know, they, they don't give me the numbers on ticket sales. I just look at the crowd and see the place is full. And, and we're having a good time doing it. We, we got a great lineup on the show. You know, um, the, the, the great thing about this show, right? So we have Shang Wang, who's Asian. We have um, Zainab Johnson, who is a black Muslim woman. We have uh, David Merhej, who's Lebanese. And we have Paul Rubalowski, who's yep. native. We have Giannis Pappas, who's Greek from New York, and Jessica Kirsten, Jewish woman from New York. So we definitely have covered every culture in this show. But what's cool about it is the show isn't just about that, right? It's everybody doing their act and that may or may not come up as part of their point of view. The fact that, you know, they're of this culture, Muslim or, or black or native or, or Jewish or whatever. So it's a really cool show. And it, it, I think if you had to walk away, like if you're a reviewer, right? And you're looking for the art of comedy, I think what you find out is every culture and every gender is funny. Yeah, that's that's one way you, you can always pluck one out of every sort of demographic. Uh, yeah, to yeah. And, and you know, and JFL, one of the great things about JFL shows is they know how to produce a show, right? The worst thing in comedy is when you go to a comedy show and you have three comics talking about the same thing, you know, which which they can all be funny, but but the variety of it and the variety of points of view makes the show much better. So yeah, I, um, I, I love hosting these things, man. I get to goof around with everybody and play with the crowd. Awesome. He is Alonzo Bourne. He is in Montreal right now at the Just for Last Comedy Festival. Run until the end of July. Stick around more with Alonzo when we get back. I'm Vince Tedesco. This is Inside Jokes, 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Alonzo Bowden, and you're listening to me on Inside Jokes. And uh, I would be in the studio, but they wouldn't let me. I even brought a mask. Whoa.
Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I am Vince uh, Dutch for taking over the back half of this episode, like I said, and staying in with us is Alonzo Bowden. No stranger to the Just for Laughs Festival happening right now in Montreal, running till the end of the month. If you ain't in Montreal, make your way out there. If you are in Montreal, catch amazing shows that are happening each and every single night. But, but I also have one of the hardest working comedians in Alonzo Bone, who's actually, you know, as much as he is the JFL Festival, he is a touring comic. And I also want your take on this, Alonzo. I mean, you, you know what America's like. You know what the landscape is like. You know that the industry, the cancel culture uh, vibes are back. The attack on comedy vibes have peeped their little heads again from now. Uh, from time and again, um, but I mean, what's your your sort of take on it? What what's, Vince, what's the Alonzo Bowden version? I've been trying to get canceled for the last four years. There's there's nothing better for ticket sales. <laughs> 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 I mean, this is a thing. This is a thing from outside of comedy, right? I will tell you, having been back on the road, back in the clubs this year, things are getting pretty much back to normal. People are out and people are laughing. Listen. If you take two minutes out of any comics act, you could find something horribly offensive and a reason to cancel him or her, right? So the, the last kick was on uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave is transphobic. Yeah, if you pull six jokes out of his act, he's transphobic. If you watch the whole hour, you get where his point of view is coming from, and you might agree and you might not. And, and what I think is funny is the more they call Dave transphobic, the more he leans into it to bother him, you know, um, it's yes, there's the pot. It, what is what, what's that saying? The, the rumor of comedy's death is greatly exaggerated, right? We're, we're still here. We're going to be here. We're going to say some things. I'm part of a, a great documentary events. Uh, it aired on a and E and you can get it on demand. It's called the right to offend. And it's the history of black comedy in America going all the way back from vaudeville, to today. Okay. And you know, when you talk about offending, I, if, if you don't push it, if you don't bother them, you're not really doing your job. Right. I mean, you look at, at like Dick Gregory, when he crossed over from black clubs into white clubs, you know, and then, then Richard Pryor, you know, Richard Pryor. I mean, if, if these cancel people heard Richard Pryor in the seventies, their heads would literally explode. Right. And then Eddie Murphy, took it to another level. And, and Eddie said, listen, stuff I said in 1982, I wouldn't say today because society advances and changes. But don't ask us to develop a time machine and go back in time and erase what we said, because if we could go back in time, there'd be no Donald Trump. <laughs> there you go. Very, very well said. Uh, I like your take on that. Um, and and you, you make a valid point. I mean, you have to push envelopes in order to, you know, live in this art form because, yes, comedy is an art form. Uh, dick and fart jokes can't be art forms, people, yes. But I mean, you got to push the envelope. You can't just be those type of jokes. You got to go after the hot topics, like you said, you got to go after uh, social issues in the world, but it's all your perspective and where it comes from. Uh, you Listen, have... my, my biggest thing with the social issues, I was talking with a comic named Greg Proops, brilliant, funny, yep. super funny guy, you know, Proopsy, right? We were saying, we wish the topics would change. You know, how come my abortion jokes from the 90s still work today? How come my gun jokes from 
2000 still work today? How about we move forward as a society? You know, we're going back to, to the 1960s era of racism and, and going back to, I don't know, the 1600s on book burning. I don't even know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we as comics, we would love for society to advance. So we didn't have to talk about these things. We'd love to talk about some new problems. But <laughs> unfortunately, you know, listen, you're up in Canada. The craziest of Canada is a moderate in the United States. I mean, you guys had the truck protest, right, in Ottawa. Right. We right. just had a guy arrested in his truck on the 4th of July for protesting mask mandates that ended in March. Vince, <laughs> my tour is called Stupid Don't Get Tired for a Reason. If you're protesting in July, something that ended in March, yeah, you need to park your truck. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name, Stupid Don't Get Tired. It's the name of your new special. It's out now on YouTube, correct? Yes, we released it on YouTube. I did it with Helium Comedy. And the idea is, has been to do the entire special through social media. So we started out releasing clips on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and every social media. And now we've released the entire special on YouTube. Uh, to everyone listening, please just look up Alonzo Helium YouTube, Helium Comedy Club, Alonzo. But there's any way you can look it up. Check it out. We want we want the support. And this is this is how we take stuff to the people now. Right. You just. Social media is where everyone's at. So I'm out there. I'm on TikTok and I'm I'm 20 years too old to be on TikTok. Vince. You know that as well as I do. <laughs> I got to find you, buddy. But more importantly, I got to find you when I arrive in Montreal. Thank you for your time, Alonzo. He is Alonzo Bowden, the host of Just for the Culture, happening right now at the Montreal or at Just for Laughs in Montreal. Uh, get your tickets while you can. Thanks so much for your time today, Alonzo. Vince, thanks for having me as always. We'll see you around Montreal and uh, we'll, we'll share some smoked meat. There you go. Not poutine, smoked meat. <laughs> that is our show. Thank you again to the cast and creators of Bala. We're wishing them luck pitching at this year's Just for Laughs. Of course, the one and only Maria Bamford and returning to the fest for his 14th time, Alonzo Bowden. That's our show, but don't forget, you can tune into all of our episodes right back to the beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. This week's Comedy Rx is Alonzo Bowden. Beautiful women everywhere, just walking around half naked, and you have strip clubs. It's redundant. You're spoiled, Montreal. This is why the rest of Canada doesn't like you. You have beautiful women and strip clubs. I've been to Winnipeg. They have Winnipeg.